Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. The scripture is found in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 11. While you're turning there, or if you already have that passage of scripture, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to share with you uh, uh, something that uh, in introduction to this, uh, this message, uh, something that, uh, that is really to me is I, I, found, I found it to be quite valuable. Um, uh, some, some months ago, I, I thought, well, I'm going to, I would like to learn, <laughs> you know me, I'm always trying new things and uh, you know, I've always been infatuated, if you will, with the violin. I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have one? And, and so I, I got on my, uh, my phone, my cell phone, and, and, and punched into um, Facebook Marketplace. And you know where you can find, it's kind of like, you know, you, I, I, that's where I look for, and I've bought different various things there. And there's different Craigslist and different things like that. You can run on to deals, and I'm all about deals. And so uh, I, I, I looked for and found a, 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 a violin. And then I, I came upon, a, just, it, just, it just had appeared. And it was this violin uh, that, uh, that uh, the fellow was asking $100 for it. He said it's in rough condition, but it has mother of pearl inlay. When I began to look at it, then uh, I paused for a moment and then I thought, and then I thought again, <laughs> And then, and then it dawned on me, and I've seen that before. Well, just about a week before, my daughter had tried to get tickets to a concert uh, in Cleveland. And the concert was uh, Violins of Hope. And I said, I thought I saw something like that before. I did some more research, and by the way, in the meantime, the violin uh, was off the market. And then I said, I'll give you twice what you're asking and he said, I think you know what I've got, don't you? I said, yeah, I think I do. For you see, as I began to look, these violins of hope were the violins of the Holocaust. And, and I noticed that, that this, that wasn't just a, it's a star of David was imprinted in Mother of Pearl on the back of it. And I thought, uh, boy, wouldn't that be, isn't that something? I, I hope that he knows what he's got. And then he had someone later on in the weeks that transpired, uh, had someone offer him uh, some more money, and he was just kind of rude in his actions. He said, you know what, I would take it and make it firewood before I would sell it to you. He said it to that other fellow that was inquiring because he just didn't. But he called me back. Actually, he didn't call me back. He messaged me back uh, yesterday. And so yesterday afternoon... I got in my car and drove down to Hamilton, Ohio, met with him, and I gave him twice what he was asking. And the next slide that you're about to see shows several of these violins. Uh, and, and the reason that, you know, as far as these violins, uh, the Jewish culture that it was forbidden of them to have any kind of statuary in their house, many times... The Jews would decorate them with Mother of Pearl or the Star of David and use these 
uh, as twofold purpose. They would hang them upon their wall as decoration, the beautiful decoration. They would hang them on the, on the wall. But they would have the, uh, the, the carvings and the mother of pearl uh, inlay. And then during the Holocaust, over six million Jews were systematically annihilated. Adolf Hitler said, and I quote, the, one of the great results from World War II will be the complete annihilation of the Jewish people. And one of the first things that they would see when they would get off of the, off of the uh, car, the, the cattle car, and, and come to Auschwitz, they would try to calm them down as they walked through the doors and they would have the Jews that could play music, they would play the violin and they developed the whole orchestra and the orchestra would be playing. And different individuals, would be, they would be playing uh, these uh, instruments and, and some of the people would say, well, if there's music here, that can't be all that bad. One man... Uh, who, who had later survived the Holocaust, says, I learned to survive by playing the violin. And some of them, when they came and they were liberated finally, they put them in attics, they put them away, they, 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 they didn't even want to see them again because that they had to play as others marched to the gas chamber and to their deaths while they played. You can watch a, a series, uh, the, uh, you can watch a, a uh, uh, a documentary from PBS called Violins of Hope, The Violins of the Holocaust. And in detail, you can find out a little bit more about this. One that he had was still filled with ashes from the incinerator as he played. And men and women marched to the death. This particular violin had been played so, uh, so much that it is worn on both sides of the F-stop. And on the back, you'll find this too was a violin. Uh, the violin of the Holocaust. And so the picture that you see behind me, uh, this Jewish man that lives in Palestine and lives in that area even now, back in the, the later, nine, like 1996, he had several of these and he began to rework them. In 2015, uh, he began to uh, uh, collect so many, and I think it, his count at this date to date is like 59. There are 59 of these violins known in the world. And they are the first in 2015, uh, they, that, that was the first, one of the first uh, concerts that they played using these violins. Uh, were played there, and then it went to Nashville. A couple of months ago, it was Nashville. Today, it's in Birmingham, Alabama, and you can see the display of these. I have in my hand a violin of hope that I discovered on Facebook Marketplace, and hopefully it will be number 60 because I'm going to try my best to get it to him so that the violin can sing again. And the one that had once... Uh, perhaps played it. It may have not survived that Holocaust, but maybe this violin one day will sing again in testament, in testimony 
uh, to the fact that God is still on the throne. The Jews are still alive and well. And in the midst of the horrible darkness of that holocaust, the darkest of night, God somehow has found a way to turn an instrument that was used, an instrument of death into an instrument of hope, a violin of hope. One that let all of men and women across this world know that God is still on the throne. And I'm so thankful. I want to preach this morning out of the book of Genesis, a very simple message. But I want to preach in the book of Genesis in chapter 28. Turning your pillows into pillars. Turning your pillows into pillars. And the reason that we would read this in, 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 uh, in fact... Uh, in the, uh, uh, the King James Version, uh, it says, And he lighted upon a certain place, talking about Jacob. He lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Now the New King, King James says, He took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. But I like the, the, new, the King James which says he, he used it as a pillow. <laughs> it really means the same thing. He put it at his head. Uh, he used it as a pillow. But then you read that what he is experiencing there, as Jacob has left his father's house and Haran and comes to Padanaram, and there he is going to take a bride that is not of the Canaanites. And the Bible says that he makes his way knowing that he is at odds with his brother Esau. Esau hates him. Esau has threatened to destroy him. And just as soon as his father passes, Jacob is going to be killed. Esau has made up his mind. There's nothing quite worse, any worse than family trouble of that nature. Where even family members and brothers hate each other so much they want to do others, each other harm. What a terrible place to be in. But my friend, uh, as he made his way to Padanaram, he was so troubled. He laid down on the ground and he found a rock and he bolstered it up and made it and turned it into a pillow. But all in the night, he began to dream and he be began to see in that vision of the dream, he saw that there was a great ladder that stretched from earth and went all the way up into heavens. And as he lay uh, under that starlit sky with a rock as his pillow and sleeping and envisioning, he looked upon the top of that ladder and he saw... The Lord at the top of that ladder. All the angels ascending and, and descending in that place where he was. How awesome is that? And he woke up. He woke up. And we read a few verses later in verse 18. And Jacob rose. He rose up early in the morning. And he took the stone that he put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. He took his pillow and set it up as a pillar and anointed it. He poured oil upon it 
And he said, this place, he said, God, God was in this place and I knew it not. While I was sleeping and I didn't even know it, but oh, God was in this place. And he says, this is none other than the house of God and the very gates of heaven. He anointed it with oil, turned it into an altar, and that place was changed. It was Luz at first, but the name of that place became Bethel, Bethel, house of God. Woo! Hallelujah! He had a meeting. He had an encounter. And it was God that was in that place and he didn't even know it. He wasn't even aware of the fact, but he, he came to know. Oh, he came to know. It's, was, it was the simple encounter with God at this time that he made covenant with God. And he said, God, if you'll do what you said you'll do, if you will be with me, uh, because God gave him a promise. He said, the place where you stand... I will give it to you. I'll give you the land to the east and to the west and to the north and to the south. And he reaffirms that day the covenant that he made with Abraham, his grandfather. Abraham and Isaac and now Jacob. And he says, don't worry because as long as you trust in me, I will be with you. Let me tell you, my friends, that encounter with God is what I'm... Uh, telling you uh, this, this morning that God, in your worst, difficult, most precarious straits, God will be with you. And then that's the time we need Him. And He will be with you. And because He's with you and you're trusting in Him, you can have an encounter that will change your life. I believe this morning when I came to church, I had absolutely no idea what God was going to do. It's just unfortunate that I have to fill the pulpit this morning in lieu of Pastor Joe. And I love him. And I hate that he's... But I know that this even in his trial, that God is going to see him through. A better day's coming. There's pain and maybe a little weeping through the night. But thank God if you hold on, Joe will come in the morning. I had no idea when I came to the house of God amen, what, uh, what God has in, in, in intended to do. But I do know this, amen, that the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord, we're at Bethel. We're at the house of God. We're at Bethel, house of God. We're at the house of God. And there's no telling what God can do. Woo, there's no telling what God can do. To change your situation. To move to reassure you. And to let you know that he's on the throne. But you know what? What we need is an encounter with God. And after we do, what a testimony. You say, Brother Parker, how does that fit with them violins? I'll tell you what. In the darkest, in the most hellish of places that there has ever been on the face of this earth. One of these violins... It's sitting me underneath this pulpit, and I'm preaching about it. And I'm proclaiming that you know what? God brought them through, and there were survivors. And I know some survivors. And I talk to some survivors. Interesting in what I do, and I, I can't because of a, you know, regulations and privacy regulations. I never mentioned any names or any such things, but, but I've, I've met several people. Uh, and I've met people, I had a, a man last, last, last year in his last days, but uh, tattooed upon his arm, 
a tattoo that was placed by a Nazi just because he was a Jew. And he came through Auschwitz. These death camps, there are so many people. And there are some of them that are still around today. Others of them, like this U.S. serviceman that landed in Normandy. And he traveled and fought all the way through France. And he fought all the way through uh, uh, into Germany and ended up in the eagle's nest. But before then, one of the death camps uh, was, was uh, liberated. He was with the group that liberated the death camp. And as we were talking, he suddenly his eyes kind of almost glazed as he thought. And he looked back in time. He said, you know, we've lo- I, we, I, la- I lost a lot of good friends. A lot of good friends. But then all of a sudden, and he mentioned it, we came to a death camp. And then he just stood, it was still for quite a while. And he thought and remembered. And he said, that was the day I stopped believing in God. And my heart broke. It broke. And I said, I want you to know, today though, the Jews are still here. The Jews are still here. God still kept his promise. I said, don't you, just a few weeks ago, they they changed, they had, uh, uh, they they just moved the uh, uh, embassy, embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, I said, hey, God, just he's still on the throne. He's still on the throne and had an opportunity, a privilege before I walked out of that home to join hands with that man and pray together with him and help him to reaffirm his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that there are people that have seen history and there are many of them that are gone. But yet... But yet, as long as there's remembrances, as long as there's stones, as long as there's pillars, the voice will still be heard. God is still on the throne. God has brought us through. What kind of a pillar do you have in your life this morning? Amen. We can easily use it as a pillow. But what kind of pillars do you have? Amen in your life this morning. It may take a while for you to get through your trial, but hold on. Hold on. Sometimes we, uh, we, 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 we want to follow Christ like we're following a mathematic formula. Like if I do this and take away that and put that there and, and follow the right for, uh, formula, then I'll get the answer and the sum total of what I'm looking for. But it doesn't often happen that way. Sometimes it just takes a little perseverance. You gotta you gotta dig in, you gotta hold on, you gotta press in, you gotta pray, and most of all, you've gotta have somehow, some way, you've gotta have an encounter at Bethel. Oh, let me tell you, church, you gotta have an encounter at Bethel. Bethel doesn't have to be new life church building, but you can have a Bethel at your bedside. You could have a Bethel out at that old boy that went out into the mountains and he said, I'm going to stay here until I pray through. And you know what? He stayed there till he prayed through. He was my pastor. And he, as a young boy, changed his life 
forever. He's a great man of God since gone to be with God. But you've got to have those Bethel moments. You, You know, you can follow the Lord and say, well, I've done this and I've took away this and subtracted and I've added and I've tried to sum everything up, but sometimes it just takes time. You gotta dig in and hold on and never give up and, and persevere. Amen. Through the night hour. Amen. When it looks so dark and when you're grieving, but know that God is there. And when God shows up, hallelujah, everything's different. Hallelujah. When God shows up, for the next time he comes and visits Bethel, he calls it El Bethel. The God of the house of God. Oh, when you have your Bethel experience, when you have, you can change your pillow into a pillar. That's what it was. It was a testimony. He's going to pour oil on it and anoint it. And anyone that comes by will see this that he's built as a monument, a testimony. I met God here and he's changed everything. Woo, hallelujah. You know what? I would love to see. uh, Every one of us meet God in the house of God this morning. Amen. I want to encourage you. You hold on. You persevere and trust the Lord. You know, James Garfield, he he would become the president. But here in Ohio, before he became president, he was the president of Hiram College. You say, where is that? Well, I guess north somewhere. And there was a farmer one day, and he said, now... My, my boy is a big help to me on the farm, and, and I need him when the crops come in. You think that you could shorten his classes, shorten the coursework for, for him? And Garfield said, well, I, I think that, yes, I possibly could. But when God chooses to make a mighty oak, he starts with an acorn, and he adds 100 years. But it only takes him two months to grow a turnip. Hello. What do you want your boy to be? I'm telling you, sometimes when we come to our, tri- our trial and our difficulty, and, 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 and the winds beat and the, the storms rise and, and they beat upon us, and sometimes we're being tested and we just feel like giving up. Where is God now? Where is God now? But I'm here to tell you that if you'll hold on, and persevere. And you'll persevere and keep on going. And, and walking with God. And meeting with God. When God shows up. Amen. You can turn your pillow into a pillar. Hallelujah. How many times in the Bible have we read. Time and time again. Where God comes on the scene. Even the Lord. Amen. The disciples were probably doing the same thing with Jesus. When they were in the boat and the storm arose and the Bible says uh, uh, the the storm began uh, to blow a great tempest of the sea and so much that the ship was covered by the waves, but he was asleep. (laughs) He was asleep. You know what? There's no reason that they couldn't have been asleep too. Because Jesus was in the boat. But Jesus got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and they became still. And let me tell you, when Jesus comes on the scene, amen, he calms the trouble. 
and he can calm your wind and, 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 and the wave and the storm that you're facing right now. Amen. Amen. And you can change your pillow into a pillar of testimony. Amen. You're reading a Bible uh, of old Samuel. The Bible says that uh, Eli was the prophet at, at the time and heir of the lamp of God went out in the house of God. The Bible says that the word of God was scarce. In those days, there was no open vision. And ere the lamp of God went out, and suddenly, Samuel lay his head upon his pillow that night, a voice came and called out his name. Called out his name. Again, and the Bible says that he got up and he ran over, and, and, and he said unto Eli, Here am I, for thou callest me. He said, I called not thee. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. And he said, Here am I. For thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son. Lie down again. Lie down again. No, it's not the Lord speaking to you. I don't know what. But if, if you hear it again, you say, Here am I. Here am I. And you know what the Lord did. And there will be people today that will tell you, oh, just lie down. Lie down. Just give up. I mean, we've not heard a vision. We've not had a word from God. We're, we're going through a drought spiritually, physically, in every way. Oh, uh, just lay down again. Just lay down. But oh, praise God, the voice of the Lord called his name. Amen. And he said, here am I. Here am I. From that moment, from that moment on, amen, God's anointing came upon that young man and he became a voice for God uh, and a testimony for God in a time uh, when there was reprobation, another word for there was corruption, another word for there was just evil everywhere. And in that moment, in that time, amen, God called and he answered and he became a testimony and a light and a witness. You know what this world needs? This world needs a clarion call. It needs the voice of the testimony. It needs those that will take and anoint the pillar. Amen. Anoint that pillar and say, my God is still ruling in the heavens. Amen. Even now he's standing at the gate and he's looking upon us. I can't help but believe that our God, amen, is with us. And I, I know the Lord himself. He very well may be this very morning looking over, amen, out of the gates of heaven and looking down upon us. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, amen, he makes the difference because it's God in this place. Sometimes we can leave and say he was in the place and I knew it not. But the thing that will make the difference for you is your encounter with him. Oh, you can hear a good sermon, a good message, uh, uh, learn the ABC, subtract this, add that, uh, strike a total, get your sum. But what we need is we need to get in touch with God. What we need this morning is an encounter. All that's written in the Bible lead us to an encounter with Jesus Christ. It's Him in the ship that will bring calm to your storm. It's Him, amen, in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your need. Some of you say, amen, you, know, you, you may feel all bound up. You know what your pillow may be this morning? It may be the shoulder of your captor. For the scripture says, amen, uh, in the book of Acts, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter 
was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hey, there may be time to where your hand, you know what your pillow might be? It may be the very captive, uh, the, the, the very thing that's got you bound. Whoo. The very thing that's got you bound. Why sleep? Why, why sleep? Uh, why just, just kind of just, hey, it's time to arise and awake. Awake. Hey, man, he smote him. He said, why are you laying there uh, in bondage? He, he, he just began to stand up and his chains fell off. Yeah. Woo! That's our Lord because he shines a light in the prison. And he's even there. He could set the captive free. It doesn't make any difference. What a person says, well, I'm bound by this. I'm ba- you don't know my situation. I'm bound up. I'm telling you there's one, amen, that can set you free from any bondage. Just stand up. Hallelujah, and your chains will fall. Woo. It's time we build some pillars and put away the pillow. Amen. And as we stand together and thank God, for his blessings this morning he's here he's here I want you to know the Lord is here the greatest miracle that he's ever did amen the greatest miracle amen you say what was it a great miracle there in Luke 8 where there came a man named Jairus He was a ruler of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet. He besought him to come into his house. Why? Well, for he only had one daughter, and she was about 12 years of age. And she was sick unto death. And as she lay there a-dying, he went forth. The people were thronging Jesus, but the man showed up. While he yet spake, there cometh one of the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And the scripture says that he went there and they all wept and bewailed her. You know what he said? Jesus said, weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out. And he took her by the hand and called saying "Maid, arise and her spirit came again and she rose straightway and he commanded to give her 
need. And they, oh, can you imagine the rest of the story when they all came in and they saw this little girl up uh, just at, at, at the side of the Master, hand in hand with the Messiah, with the Son of God, glorifying and praising the name of Jesus. The greatest miracle of all is when we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And some say, why trouble the master? He's given up. Surely or others, everybody else has given up on me. Everybody else has given up on me. Why trouble the master? But the greatest miracle that we see is Jesus reaches out. So she's just laying on a pillow. I'm going to raise her up and make her a pillar. Woo, hallelujah. Listen, you say, well, I, I, I've been bound in sin. I've had, I, you should hear my testimony. God delivered me from drugs. God delivered me from alcohol. God delivered me from this. God delivered me from that. God delivered me. You know, he delivered you from sin. He's raised you up to be a pillar. And the greatest testimony of this world has ever known are those Amen, that will stand and say, I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I see. Glory to God. So I say, I say, my friend, anoint your pillar. Anoint your pillar. Let the anointing come and let your life be a witness. If you're here, there's no reason why. If you don't know the master, there's no reason why. Because you can't meet him. You know why? Because he's here and I feel him here. How many of you feel the Lord here? And amen, I would like for us all to come. Amen, to find a place to meet Jesus. You say, why you ask that, Brother Parker? Because I can tell you, uh, uh, plus one, minus, add, subtract, make a sum total, and this is how it works. But no, that doesn't matter. Nothing matters this morning except your encounter with the Master.